0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1488.
1: The simplest solution is the best one.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I am revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest, Pierre Hedery. He uh, normally be calling in from Titusville, Florida, but I understand he's in Texas today on the road, and you'll understand why in just a minute. Pierre Hedery is a garagist, I love that word, who specializes in the rehabilitation of classic Mercedes-Benz automobiles. His focus is on mercedes that were developed and launched prior to 1990. His garage in Titusville, Florida is home base. However, he spends a lot of time traveling around the country, servicing these old Mercedes for enthusiastic owners and trying to help them dissolve, I should say resolve, trying to help them resolve difficult mechanical challenges. We don't want to dissolve any cars here. Pierre also provides Mercedes-Benz sales commentary at auctions Analysis for past Cargia yeah, guests and my good friend Keith Martin at Sports Car Market Magazine. And in 2013, Pierre and his friend Thomas Polk started a YouTube channel titled Mercedes Classics, where they provide viewers with technical advice and information for enthusiasts who love these old Mercedes Benz. We'll be back in just a moment to talk to Pierre, but first, a word from our valued sponsors that make Cargia yeah, possible. Hey, Cargia, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft Seat Covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft Seat Covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, a Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you a Cars Yeah subscriber? If you're not, go to com. click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free filler up book. It's a very cool book I created of fuel filler fun, some very cool imagery, and great quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get my weekly email follow-up and my weekly blog. Just go to com. click on the free book button, and I'll send it to you right away. Thanks for subscribing. Hey Pierre, a welcome to Carsia. Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun
1: ride? I am, absolutely, 100%.
0: <laughs> Very cool to have you here. So before we start though, I want you to tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself and your business.
1: Well, I started servicing classic Mercedes when I was in college because I had a strong draw to the cars and uh I had grown up with them when I was a kid in Texas. My dad had a Mercedes repair shop and all through high school I had a few older Mercedes and I said, you know, these cars kind of need they kind of need a hero. They need somebody in their corner because if you look at the uh you know, if you look at some of the commentary about Mercedes, it's either on one end or the other. People are either pulling their hair out, or at least people were either pulling their hair out because they couldn't get anything resolved or they were running the cars into the ground because they were so well-made. And I said, you know, this is an opportunity for me to service a community that I think really needs a lot of help. And so when I graduated from the University of Central Florida, I rented a 550-square-foot barn in the woods and I started servicing these cars. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I, you know, ever since then, there was a very sharp learning curve there for several years because I didn't really know 100% what I was doing when I started doing this. But I'm an extremely stubborn person. I don't think I'm necessarily smarter than anybody else, but I am extremely tenacious when it comes to resolving problems that nobody else wants to deal with. <laughs> so that's me in a nutshell. I love that.
0: Yeah, I love that about you. I think it's so cool. And, you know, I hear this from a lot of my guests who are tenacious, persistent bulldogs in uh, entrepreneurship. So I commend you and kudos to you for what you've done. And, you know, and I love these old Mercedes Benz. I had uh, J.G. Francis, who owns Mercedes Motoring there in Glendale, California, uh, on the show. And I got to go visit his facility, spend a day with him. I have a good friend here in the Pacific Northwest. His name is Bill. Um I used to race vintage cars with him and he loves these old cars. He's had some of those old 80s wagons.
1: Yeah, I think the one twenty 120, one twenty three turbo diesel wagon.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean just some beautiful old cars. And you know I I was fortunate enough to grow up in a very uh, nice part of California, La Jolla, California, and a lot of my friends' moms drove these cars, the wagons, and the sedans, their dads drove the sedans. Um uh, my first car I ever detailed and got paid for was a the first 450SL that came out there in the 70s. My next door neighbor, Mr. Swanser, let me, entrusted me to pull his car out of his garage and put it in front of my house and wax it and detail it. So <laughs> I, I've got a little history here too, Pierre. Before I ask you this next question, though, tell our listeners maybe one thing that people don't know about, Pierre.
1: Okay. Well, this is something I don't talk about very much, but, and it's new information. So I got married last Friday. The love what? of my life. Yep. No I way. Did. Congratulations. Yep. Um. And uh, her name is Elaine. And Elaine is kind of my. Uh, she's kind of she's kind of my backbone in a way because she helps me totally keep it together. So, you know, when I travel on the road, for example, people always wonder, oh, why does Pierre have clean clothes, or why is everything so neatly packed in a suitcase, or you know, why does he have a hotel and rental car reservation? And really, a lot of that stuff is Elaine. She does such a great job helping me and supporting me and coordinating everything with me and cheering me up when I get depressed because I get into a situation that feels unwinnable. So that's a pretty dark secret because I don't like to necessarily broadcast my personal life everywhere, (laughs) but... You know, in this case, when asked, I have to tell you about my my little secret helper. <laughs> your
0: your helper, Elaine. Well, congratulations to you, Elaine. This is fantastic. I, I'm very honored that I get this scoop here on Cars yeah, that we get to share this information with people. And i tell you something, Pierre. I've been married for 35 years, and the secret to a happy life is marrying the right person who supports you, takes care of you. As you said, kind of supports you when you're in a tough situation. Doing this podcasting gig like your YouTube gig and your business, you know, it's ups and downs. Some days you're just pulling your hair out. Well, I don't have any hair left to pull out. I already pulled it all out. But, uh, (laughs) you know, having a woman in your life uh, or a partner or whoever it might be that helps you is oh so important. So congratulations and uh, my congratulations to your lovely bride. That's very, very cool. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. That's exciting. Well, let's start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's important in your life. It's a nice way to get the wrench spinning here on cars. Yeah, in your case. So, Pierre, grab the wheel.
1: Are you familiar with William of Ockham and Ockham's Razor?
0: No, I'm
1: not. It's a great saying, and it's sort of like a wrench in my pocket. The saying is basically this. The simplest solution is the best one. The actual quote, the quote is, entities need not be multiplied beyond necessity. But the that specific particular quote has helped me work my way through a lot of difficult issues because I try to look at the simplest solution that's going to last and is going to produce the best result without necessarily going overboard. So an example of Occam's razor would be, this 300 sel 6.3 that i servicing out here developed an ignition myth even though we've been through the system now the guy is a mechanic it said oh we need to change everything the cap wires the plug the points the condenser the coil you know you know we need to replace all of this stuff but uh the thing is i understood that the car was shutting off as it was running down the road you know it would literally die for a second i said there's got to be some kind of interruption between the coil and the distributor uh and so that's what it ended up being The the connector on the of the connector that feeds power to the ignition point had fractured so <laughs> the simple solution was to solder a new connector on <laughs> yeah, yeah. not to start yeah. from scratch and throw everything away
0: uh yeah and replace everything you know i think this is brilliant and I have no mechanic skills anywhere near your level. I used to do a lot of work on my car. I don't as much anymore because these cars have gotten so complicated. I do have an old car that I try to play with and learn things on. What with. is it? I It's a 1987 930 Turbo Porsche. Great. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun car and pretty analog, not too complicated and so forth. But I've had some old cars and real simple cars, but I tend to do the opposite of your practice and I start going, I start thinking about all the things that could be wrong. And okay, Mm -hmm. let's just replace them all, which is so stupid, so silly uh, and not needed. So I'm going to write down your rule here and put it right in front of me so I see it every day.
1: (laughs) And it's O-C-K-A-M. Okay.
0: Okay. Great. Awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that. Well, let's talk a little bit about your business. And I would also like to talk a bit about your YouTube channel because I find that really intriguing. So what has you excited and fired up in this new year, 2020, a new decade? Oh my gosh. How fast is our <laughs> life going by uh, with, uh, with your business and your YouTube page?
1: Well, first of all, with the business, I have to say that we've worked really hard to position ourselves in a place in the Mercedes market where we're specifically catering to customers that have cars that nobody else cares about. You know, whether it happens to be a gray market Mercedes 126 or 123 series or a simple car like the 190E or 190D or the W114 and 115 chassis, you know, or in a way the 123 chassis, a great car that never gets the mechanical attention it deserves. We're really trying to spearhead an effort to give those cars the love and attention that they need so that they are around for more generations of people to enjoy. The other area we're really trying to drive hard forward in is with the W108 and 109 series cars. So we service a lot of 300 SEL 6.3s. They usually need a lot of work, and they're very complicated cars to work on, but they were also extremely resilient. So the thing that is going to be kicking... the pair of twin 6.3s that's going to be kicking off my my month of february is is much awaited. We sorted 3 6.3s last year and so we're excited to uh we're excited to do two more and um just can't wait for these cars to show up. Now with the YouTube channel, we have seen a monumental increase in viewership going from 10,000 subscribers to 14,000 subscribers in the past five months. And for a niche channel that talks about a very specific automobile, I feel that that's a good accomplishment, especially because I regularly get contacted from YouTube. I love having a connection with my viewers, which is something that a lot of YouTube creators don't have. And to me, it's very important that they feel that I'm accessible and reachable to answer their questions. And I take a lot of pride in how Thomas and I have set that channel up to be a channel that is more interactive with the subscribers rather than a channel that just is seeking to build viewership.
0: Sometimes uh, that's the best way to grow uh, is just to put some things out there that you think you're filling a void and need for people. And then organically, it just grows. What is the name of your YouTube channel so we can direct people there?
1: It is Mercedes Classics with Pierre Hidari. Pretty simple. Yeah. Very cool. Let
0: me, let me back up a little bit here and ask you, what was it in your life that caused you to focus on this era of cars? Cause these cars are, I call them tanks. They're just incredible vehicles. And especially after spending some time with J.G. Francis and looking at the vehicles he has and, he was pointing out some of the details and the reasons he loves these cars. We went for a drive in some of his cars and crawled around them and so forth. I even fell in love with them more than I had before. So what was it that drove you to this era of
1: Mercedes-Benz? Well, this is a multifaceted approach. You can't have just one reason for dedicating your life to something. But When I was young, I was basically surrounded by these cars and I saw how they they sort of thrived even with a lot of neglect. And so uh, my dad, who was from Lebanon when I was 10, decided the whole family was going to move there. So we moved to Lebanon and lo and behold, every half of the vehicles on the road were Mercedes 123 series or 114 or 115 series cars, which. In the United States, we see a lot of 123s. Unfortunately, the 114 and the 115 are kind of a dying breed, which is something that I thought, well, maybe I can do something about this. And so I absolutely detested the cars until I was like 14 and we moved back here and I said, you know what? Maybe there's something to this whole classic Mercedes thing. Maybe the people that built these cars were actually trying to build the best car in the world. Now, later on in life, As I've grown up and matured, and I've learned more about engineering and how cars are built, I've seen that the engineering in these cars is extremely durable and well thought out, very serviceable, and continues to work extremely well even in the face of newer technology. For example, if you take a 1983 Mercedes 300D, which is the car that I drive every day, the car has wonderful air conditioning, excellent brakes. It has a suspension system that's far better than any other car you're going to pay twenty thousand dollars for. But at the same time, it has this amazing mechanical engine that can run without the aid of a battery or alternator. I mean, how many cars can do that when their entire electrical system fails? They have, they still keep going, and they have no control unit. You know, they have no electronic governors. They have no complicated emission system i mean what a marvelous automobile the people from mercedes-benz gave us
0: yeah it's absolutely fantastic what's your website that people can go find you at
1: it's pierre hidari and co.com that's pierrehedaryamdc ocom
0: there you go very cool i think it's absolutely fantastic and uh, i can tell with the passion in your voice uh, that these are very special cars for you as well. And just the fact that you chase these, I won't call them gremlins, but challenges around the world for what people are having and help them solve, that adds another piece to your life, which is helping others, which is uh, the secret sauce to life is what I've learned after talking Absolutely. to
1: some My goal is to make people happy. I mean, I know that material possessions are not the lasting form of happiness that that we should necessarily aspire to but i think having a great car that you really enjoy can add an extra something to your life that makes you feel makes you feel better gives you something to be excited about and that's who i want to be for people somebody that brings them a form of excitement and happiness that they can't access by themselves
0: very nice i love it let's take a short break thank our sponsors and we'll be right back My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYEAH and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at CARSYEAH. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at CARSYEAH. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. All right, Pierre, we're back and I would like to ask you a question. You face challenges every day. I want you to talk about a specific challenge or even a big failure that you face along the way. This could be in your business, could be your life, whatever you want to share. But the most important part of the story, what I want to get to after you share that story is the lesson learned so that you can move forward in a positive way. So take us somewhere, would you?
1: Okay. Well, when I was 24 years old, I had gone on a long road trip and I I had sort of maybe gone to find myself, as they say. I run a boom (laughs) mic on a documentary, and I spoke at Mercedes Club Starfest, and I sort of hitchhiked around the state of Pennsylvania, which I don't recommend to anybody. But when I got back, (laughs) we found out something was very wrong with my dad. And so over the course of the next two months, my dad got really sick. And then in June, he had um, a ruptured, he basically had a ruptured colon from colon cancer. And he, he went into a state of septic shock and then he died on July 10th, 2009. Now at the time I was 24 years old and, Truthfully, Mark, I was not ready to lose my dad yet, especially because I had three younger siblings, and yeah. you know they were all going through college, and we really just did not know what we were going to do as a family. And yeah. at the same time, I wasn't necessarily that good at my job yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. Was, well, yeah, I was a, a young man, yeah. In 2009, it was kind of a, a bad time to... Oh, gosh, to, yeah, yeah, the economy be, tanked. <laughs> right, especially in Florida, you know, nobody had any had any extra money. And I said, you know, I've really, really got to figure some of this stuff out. So the 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 whole process, you know, the grieving process is obviously a really tough process to go through for anyone. But one of the things that I got out of it was that my dad had actually given me a lot of the keys to success without me necessarily paying attention one hundred percent, and so instead of getting upset and angry about how I lost my dad, at a certain point, I began to start to try to piece together all of the things that he had showed me. I think that the lesson out of this is we don't understand how valuable our time with our parents is because our parents all have something really special that they can teach us. And in this case, my dad gave me my love and my passion for these parts, you know, and that was, Something that I I finally realized, I said, "Oh my gosh, this is where all of it came from," you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think that the the best thing I got out of out of it was not just to necessarily treasure what my dad had taught me, but anytime I meet somebody who's older and smarter than I am, learn as much as you can from them. You know, at the same time, when I meet people that are seeking knowledge, I try to give them as much knowledge as I can. And so that's yeah. where that came from. <laughs> wow.
0: Well, what a tremendous gift your father gave and my condolences for, for losing him. But what is wonderful about this story is the lesson learned, which is so valuable that you're sharing forward uh, with other people. And, you know, we, As we get older and I'm quite a bit older than you, we start to realize the importance of our parents and our friends and family and life in general. And, and that, uh, there are, there's more to this life than you maybe think there is. And, uh, I always say that is to go back and spend time with these folks that have been around, especially, well, whatever field you're in. Uh, if it's working on old cars, go find a guy that used to work on cars and, you know, he could share you some, share with you some pretty neat little tricks that may take you a lifetime to learn and, you can just get that much ahead. So thanks for taking us there to a very personal side of your life. And there's no doubt your dad is uh, looking down and shining with a big smile on his face with uh, what you've done with your life and how you carry those lessons forward. I have no doubt about that. Would you uh, share a story with us that instigated this passion that you have for cars in general? You've touched on this a little bit uh, back in your days when you lived in Lebanon and then you're kind of frowning on these things and then something flicked in your head. So, is there a pivotal moment you can share when you knew that you were indeed going to be a car guy for life?
1: Yeah, and uh, it goes way back to the age of four. And um, wow, when I was when I was a kid, my dad had a bunch of different cars. He had a, a revolving door of Mercedes, but there were two cars that specifically stood out to me. The first one was his blue nineteen sixty nine two hundred and twenty D. And the other one was this red 1972 280 SE 4.5. And both of these cars were fabulous cars. But I think the 220D was a car that I was a little bit more attached to. I remember one morning when we were riding to school, we were in Fort Worth. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. We hit an ice patch on the West Freeway, and the car started to spin. My dad was a great driver. He managed to get the car out of the spin. but all the time I remember this thing was bouncing off the guardrails and it's overrider and oh, my dad managed to arrest the spin, get the thing under control, and then keep going like nothing had happened. Oh my gosh. So wow. <laughs> I I thought to myself, what an amazing machine this is. Yeah. You know, because you think of big, heavy, clunky American cars in the air and you just lose control and crash. That's yeah, what happens exactly. and the yeah. all the sheet yeah. metal between you and the front of the car was what protected you but I've never been what somebody would call like a true car guy because I've never had a massive interest in all different cars across the spectrum. Although if I meet somebody who has an interesting uni- or unique car, I love sitting down and talking with them about it and how they bought it and what they do to it and why they're so attached to it. So that that particularly is interesting to me. But my my affection for Mercedes was was cemented by that event. And by the event where my dad sold the car, where I was extremely devastated, <laughs> I <Yeah. laughs> I actually sat down in the driveway when the new owner was was leaving with the car, trying to stop him. <laughs>
0: You're laying in front of the car. Don't take my Mercedes.
1: <laughs> Don't take my Mercedes. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I was, if you asked my mom, my mom would say, yeah, Pierre was a little different than most you know, than most kids, because he analyzed, you know, I analyzed everything to death. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you know, at that time, I would draw pictures of cars, and I had all these books by cars. There was an encyclopedia by a guy named David Burgess-Wise that covered mm-hmm. the entire automotive spectrum, and I owned that book, and it was my favorite book for at least five or six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I had Very, stacks cool. <laughs> of Hemmings Motor News, you know what I mean.
0: yeah like all the rest of us sick car people no doubt well what was what was the first really special car in your life
1: it was probably so when i was 15 my dad said you know we can go buy a car and your budget is about 300 dollars." and so i really wanted a mercedes 115 diesel surprise you know like the car that we spun out in the bridge in you know because that was just 11 years earlier and so we found this old two hundred forty D kind of rusty but ran well for three hundred dollars, needed a transmission. So my dad and I put floor pans in the car and we found a used transmission and we did as much servicing as we could. We actually pulled the car's engine out and did a bunch of external gaskets and, and welded the alternator bracket that had cracked and we did some other things to it and um that car I I still have that car, albeit it's in horrible condition because it's just sort of rusted away again. But I loved that car. It got me through high school, it got me through a good chunk of college. It literally was the finest first car a man could ask for. And, uh, (laughs) you know, if if anybody wonders what color it was, uh, light ivory with a tobacco, with a a bamboo MB Tex interior, just like many of the cars that. Many of the cars that Mercedes produced in the era. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Very cool. You know, I'll tell you, you'll laugh at this, Pierre. Um, I was offered by a guy I used to know one of those cars, a 240D, when my son was 15. And he said, oh, this would be a great car for Blake. Uh, You know, safe and doesn't go very fast and la, la, la. And, and it was in decent shape, but had lots of miles and just something... We took it for a drive, just didn't seem right. And I just, I passed on and he was like, what do you mean? I mean, I'm going to almost give this thing to you. And I said, no, I I don't think so. So he ended up giving to his son. Well, within three weeks, his son completely grenaded the engine on that car going down the freeway. I mean, blew it to smithereens. That's
1: what happens if you run any engine out of oil, right?
0: Yeah, it's exactly right.
1: Ironically, you know, a lot of people talk about Mercedes diesels from that era, and they say, oh, they're slow or whatever. But I never found the performance of the car to be lacking. It was adequate, and it was actually faster than a Volkswagen. So <laughs> yeah, I, w- <laughs> I would like to clarify the fact that a 1974 240D is faster than a normal stock Volkswagen Super Beetle, especially in the top end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and if you take care of them, they're so robust. Well, here's a very introspective question. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow, <laughs> and, yeah, I know, scary place to go. Uh, if <laughs> If uh, you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested as a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Pierre be? Probably say what kind of Mercedes would Pierre be and why?
1: Well, you know, that's a funny thing because I always joke about this. And uh, anybody who plays soccer with me knows about this joke. Um, I think that if I came back as a vehicle, it wouldn't be a car. It would be one of those old Mercedes L1113 trucks that were They were a a big truck. They were capable of carrying 20 to 25 tons. They were used as dump trucks or as short haulers, and they used engines like the OM352 six-cylinder diesel engine, and they were just these big, giant trucks that served rural communities in the Sahara Desert or in South America for generations. And uh, they had kind of a unique bonnet, too. They sort of a a round nose in the bonnet, so... Mm -hmm. If anybody, you know, but I always tell people I'm like an old truck. I take a long time to get warmed up. But once I get moving, I'm going to stay moving.
0: (laughs) And you can get the job done. Very nicely said. I like that. All right. Well, we're going to enter what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions, kind of a lightning round. Have you give us some quick blips? If you can quickly blip an old Mercedes L1 1113 truck engine, (laughs) and we'll go from there. So here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Yes, I believe in living a Christian lifestyle. I am a Christian, and I feel that because I'm accountable to God for my work, uh, I have to answer to a higher authority than just my customer. Very nice.
0: nicely said. If you could sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone living or deceased in the automotive industry... Uh, preferably somebody that was alive and not sitting there dead, Uh, but somebody that I could bring back to life. Who would that individual be?
1: I think that that individual would have to be Paul Brock because he designed so many beautiful Mercedes, and Mr. Brock is still alive. He lives in France, and he's in his late 80s. Paul Uh Brock was responsible for designing some of the most beautiful Mercedes bins in the road, and I would love to ask him where he got his inspiration from.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty darn special. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you?
1: Well, that is a that is a loaded question, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that the best advice that I've ever gotten from anybody uh about not so much a one specific repair, but sir, you know, to do my to do my job in general, uh a good friend of mine said whenever possible always use genuine mercedes part
0: <laughs> yeah well you know i think there's a lot to be said for that and especially these days you see so many things out there uh i'll give you an example i had to replace the hood shocks on my wife's uh, 2004 x5 because they were starting to get you know they weren't staying up and you can go online and you can find you know the mercedes or mercedes
1: bmw
0: bmw yeah, if i knew what i was shopping for i'd be a lot better i should just leave it to the experts Um, You can find the original, you know, uh, OEM stuff. But then there's all these others out there that look exactly the same. They're half the price. And you kind of go, hmm, okay, well, it's an old car. It's not really a super special car. But uh, why would I spend twice as much money for maybe the same thing? But of course, once you get them, then you look at them, and you put them on and you go, okay, I see what's going on here. They're they're either made in China or somewhere else, or they tried to copy it, but they didn't, or they're not going to last. So, I'm with you, I think, especially with old cars.
1: That advice came to me, by the way, after I replaced the aftermarket turbo drain tube seal on a 300 SD about four times. Uh, and then I went go. and installed a genuine Mercedes unit, and I said, yeah. for 90 cents more, I could have saved myself four <laughs> hours of labor.
0: Yeah, I think it's worth it. Well, you only charge 20 cents an hour, right? So yeah, maybe maybe you got there. So. Uh. <laughs> I know you're worth a lot more than that. I'm pulling your leg here, Pierre. How about a resource? Uh, is there a resource out there that is a go-to for you? It could be a website, a supplier, an app you use, a person that uh, you'd like to share?
1: Well, whenever I, you know, there, there are really two resources that I love. The first one has been the Mercedes-Pagoda SL Group website, sl113.org. Now, this doesn't cover all Mercedes. But it covers ninety percent of the engineering used in the cars built from about nineteen sixty to nineteen seventy-two, uh, with the exception of the one fourteen and one fifteen series. So that site is a fantastic resource, especially for somebody who doesn't even know where to begin. Uh, and I think that the other the other great resource that I really treasure. I have a really wonderful machinist. His name is Jim Dean, and Jim has always been a great friend. He's always been there for me. The guy who was at my wedding. You know, he's never failed to answer the phone when he's within striking distance. And, um, he's always given me great advice about how to handle serious major mechanical issues on, you know, especially pertaining to pertaining to the engines in some of these cars. When I'm like at my wit's end, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I understand. Does he have a website? Does Jim? No, he Jim d- d? actually he doesn't. Nope. Okay.
1: <laughs> sorry. Nope. He's, okay. Well,
0: we'll just we'll mention his name, but uh, you might have to go through Pierre to find him if you think you need to. He
1: likes playing low. Anyway, sorry,
0: buddy. Good for him. What? What again was the actual website for that pagoda website? SL 113org Great. Well, those pagodas are beautiful little cars for sure. I'm going to throw in another great resource for you, and that is Mercedes Classic with Pierre Hedary. That's H-E-D-A-R-Y on YouTube. You should go there. Check it out. You can learn a whole lot of stuff if you love these old cars. How about a book, Pierre? Is there a book that you'd like to share with us that you think our listeners should read?
1: Absolutely. And I can't remember the author of the book, but the book is called Archie and the Listers. And um, are you uh, familiar with Archie Scott Brown? No, I'm not. Archie Scott Brown was the factory Lister driver in the 1950s. He drove the Lister Jaguars and Lister Chevrolets, and he sort of met a violent end at Spa, you know, of all places, where a lot of drivers met a violent end. But uh, I, I love that book because it's a very inspirational story. You see, Archie Scott Brown had serious birth defects. He had one arm, and he had one leg that was drastically shorter than the others, and this guy was fast as hell. He just wow. he he just knew how to drive these cars despite despite the fact that he only had a partial uh, that he had a partial arm he would use his partial arm to jam the steering wheel while he changed gears with the other. Oh my gosh! Wow! And, what uh, a story! Yeah. Brown was only thirty one when he died in a major accident, but he contributed such a so much to automotive racing. And he he really made, I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily know what a Lister is, but they were light and extremely well-designed and highly competitive. And if you want to know what one looks like, they're very similar in design to the Jaguar D-Type.
0: Oh, they're beautiful cars. Uh, I have a friend up here, uh, Tony Garmy, who raced Listers. Uh, He's a magnificent driver. He's also an amazing mechanic and restoration guy. I'm going to get him on this show one of these days. He's a little shy, but uh, I think I'll be able to pull him in here one day. I know his wife is always tugging on his shirt tail for me, but we'll get there. But listeners, you can go out there and find those. Just uh, type into Google search Jaguar, Lister Jaguars. You'll find that. Archie and the Listers, great book. We'll take a short break, thank our sponsors, and we'll be back for the checkered flag. If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, A Couple's Humorous Journey Through the Confusing World of Finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt and it's probably the only book on finance with a v-max on the front cover and a classic mini cooper on the back the book's available at amazon for just ten dollars and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future i gave copies to each of my children all securities are through money concepts capital corp christopher kimball financial services is not affiliated with money concepts capital corp get your copy the saga of ike and penny today All right, we're back and we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question, Pierre, can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car, something very special to park in your garage, something old, something probably German, I'm guessing. But here are the rules. Since I'm going to write this big check, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. You have to drive it. And of course, it's the only one cool collector car you can have. That means that other old Mercedes that's resting away, you got to get rid of that. And you're gonna to have to let me park a very special car in your garage, so what's it going to be?
1: When I saw this question initially, I said, "Oh oh oh, I want a sixty six or sixty seven three hundred fdB sedan." But then I thought about it, and I really <laughs> thought what the insinuation of the question is what yes. you're really asking me is what collectible car do I hold to such a high level that I would not want anything else and there you the, go you got the
0: essence a, of it
1: <laughs> there's a better answer to that question the 1985 mercedes 240 td which is a vehicle that almost nobody knows exists because it was european market only but if you were going to buy me this 240 td which is a station wagon that used the om six one six four cylinder diesel engine same as the 240d but with 72 horsepower i would like for you to option it with a five-speed manual and if i were going to pick a color for this wonderful 240 td i would probably get it in caledonia green with a matching avocado green interior
0: nicely done pretty darn special car very very cool car wonderful looking car and just oh so classic in many ways. And I love, you know, I'm kind of going into this green phase of my life right now. The first new car I ever bought, well, my last name's Green, why wouldn't I? Uh, The first new car I ever bought was a 1979 Volkswagen Scirocco in metallic dark green with a beautiful tan, kind of a darker tan interior. And uh, I promptly put some uh, gold BBS wheels. This was, you know, 79, 80 BBS wheels were in. I uh, had somebody pinstripe it with some two very nice delicate gold pinstripes, and love that. But Caledonia Green Avocado Interior, oh my gosh, could we be talking mid eighties any more than that? I mean, <laughs> super cool. I I love it. Now you've obviously probably seen one of these,
1: you know, in pictures. I have a customer yeah. that has a a dark blue two forty TD that he absolutely won't sell, but yeah, you know. One day, everything one day. I, one day, everything, the every car that I've ever wanted has seemed to find me, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very nice. Well, you know,
0: I'm sure if I call J.G. Francis, I, he'd probably get his hands on something like that. I um, wouldn't be able seems... to afford it. Well, you don't have to.
1: Pierre, I'm buying it for you, Oh, oh, oh yeah, right, It's yeah, true. It okay, it doesn't, doesn't well, matter what it costs. Well, it's cost. one more thing, I'd like a factory air-conditioned car with. <laughs> no oh <other> okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i can do that for you no no problem so uh, i'll get on the phone with jg we'll get looking for you uh find you one of these things and i think you'll be a happy camper what a nice <laughs> choice pierre you've taken me on a great ride today you're such a delightful guy i really have enjoyed your stories i want to thank keith martin who connected me with you uh also remind our listeners I, i'd out like there to that,
1: thank keith too yeah. keith is the yeah. uh Keith is the driving force behind my my love of sports car market.
0: Ah, yeah, he's a great guy. He's a super guy, and of course, as you'll hear at the end of this podcast, but I'll throw it in here. Keith and I have just started a collaboration. We have a new podcast we're doing together, once a week podcast called Buy Sell Hold, where we talk to collectors, people that are experts in the industry, to kind of help my listeners. Uh, guide you through the process of knowing what to buy, when and where, and all that stuff. So uh, you can find that here at the Cars yeah website. You can also find it on the Sports Car Market website. Oh, my gosh. Well, before you drive off into the Sunset Pierre, in that beautiful 85 240 TD wagon that, of course, has a five-speed and factory air and is in Caledonia. Green with a green avocado interior. What's a little parting word of guidance you might offer us?
1: I would tell somebody who's sorting an older car not to stop until everything is done. Don't make excuses. Don't tell yourself that you can't do it. Just keep going until you're finished.
0: Yes, absolutely. Do it right. Do it once. Do it right the first time. And what are the best ways for people, again, to follow along with you?
1: The easiest way to follow along with me, of course, is via my YouTube channel. That is my window to the world. If somebody would like to get a hold of me, I can be contacted at M B as in Mercedes-Benz Owners, O W N E R F or F O R life, L I F E at net or gmail.com. And uh you can also contact me through my website if you ever want to get a hold of me. But the YouTube the YouTube handle is just a small portion of what we do. I hope that some of you are interested in reading my articles in sports car market. If you're not an SBM subscriber, you are missing out.
0: Absolutely. And I'll remind you, you heard it in this uh podcast that I've got a little special deal going with Keith at Sports Car Market for their online subscriptions where you can save fifty percent. So make sure you go and check that out. That's Courtesy cars, yeah Again, I'll put links to all the ways you can connect with Pierre. Check out uh mercedes classics with pierre hedery that's e h-e-d-a-r-y that's a youtube channel i think you'll love it of fun and you'll see a lot of pierre and his character and who this guy really is and he's the real deal very nice person thank you pierre for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the cars Yow listeners until you and i talk again my friend i'll see you down the road
1: it was a pleasure mark take care buddy
0: you bet Hey, Cars yeah! listeners, this is Mark Green. If you love the Cars yeah! podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts who buy, sell and hold investment vehicles and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy Sell Hold podcast on the CarGia yeah website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to CarGia, yeah, Buy Sell Hold will come right to your mobile device just like the CarGia yeah podcast automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy Sell Hold podcast today.